Many people will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord, from Jerusalem. That is Isaiah chapter 2, verses 3. And welcome back to another edition of Bridge Radio. Coming at you from the great state of Texas. Texas. And that means Abe's not here. When Steve says it, that means Abe is not here. And I don't think he's going to be here at least for the next two uh, podcast. So I know there's tears flowing. You know, I'm just, I cannot handle Woo-hoo. him not being here. <laughs> Abe, I know you're listening right now. And I really, really miss you, man. Anyway, so yeah, welcome back to another edition of Bridge Radio. Um, if you are new to the program, please uh, like, subscribe. We're on iTunes, Windows, Google Play, and uh, in all re- pretty much the major podcast platforms. You could subscribe. It doesn't cost anything. I thought about that the other day, Steve. When we say subscribe, people might think of like an actual magazine subscription, but it's absolutely it Absolutely free, free. Like Grace. Yes. Oh, that's nice. Not as good as Grace. I like that. That's like a good... Grace. Anyway. <laughs> and you can also go to the Bridge, uh, the app. Um, it's on uh, uh, iOS, pretty much all the major um, app stores. So just put in Bridge uh, Bridge Ministries. You'll see our name, slogan, which is Coffee and Good News, and download it. You could find expository preaching there, as well as Bridge Radio, and we're we're uh, um, just building up a library of sermons and other content. And it's very useful if you live in the in our community of Laredo. So you can register for Bible studies and, and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about America. We're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to have Gary DeMar on. We're going to be answering the question, is America a Christian nation? The uh, America United for the Separation of Church and State will always object to saying no, as we will find out on this program. But what, uh, though we will have objections, what is the actual... What's the uh, truth? What's the truth? Yeah, what's the historical facts? You know, are we? Um, were we really... Or were all the founding fathers, like, deist? Were they atheists? Were they not Christian? What? What's, what's the truth? Because, honestly, being brought up in the public school, that's what I was made to believe. Um, and, and I think a lot of that has been just rooted out. Revisionist history. Yes, revisionist history. So it's going to be actually a really interesting topic. I, I don't know a lot about it. I just, uh, from, from what I know, I know there was a documentary or a series that actually came out, American Heritage, which is really, I highly recommend people to go check that out. And I want to, the book that we're going to be promoting and just discussing today is Gary DeMar's um, book, America's Christian History, The Untold Story. And so we're not going to be able to get into all of it, but we're just going to get into the issue of separation of church and state. So, all right, Steve, are you uh, ready to kick this podcast Let's off? do this. All righty. So Gary, who served as president of American Vision for 35 years, is a graduate of West Mis- Western Michigan University and earned his MDiv at Reformed Theological Seminary in 1979. He has authored countless essays, news articles, and more than 35 book titles. He has been featured by nearly every major news media outlet. Gary also has hosted the Gary DeMar Show, His History Unwrapped, which we're going to be talking a little bit about today, some some history, and the Gary and Gary DeMar's Vantage Point web show, and is a regular contributor to AmericanVision.org. Gary has lived in the Atlanta area since 1979 with his wife, Carol. They have two married sons and are enjoying being grandparents. Gary and Carol are members of Midway Presbyterian Church. That's with the PCA. And uh, thank you so much, Gary DeMar, for coming back on the program. Well, thanks for having me back. Yeah, so um, 
I, I kind of wanted to, since the last episode that we had that we had you on was on Wars and Rumors of Wars, which is a book that I highly uh, recommend for people to go read. Um, r- right now, I have dispensational friends, and right now they are just uh, going rampant with the Iran and uh, and Russia oh. stuff. What 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 are your thoughts on that? Uh, I did a, an article you did. not too long long ago. Um, uh, with Ray Comfort had had done a well, actually Ray Comfort had done a had done a talk back in 1991 on Russia and whatever the whatever was happening in the Middle East back then, and he he tied it to Ezekiel 38 and 39, which mm. a lot of people do. Uh, that's a big big deal among lots of, of of Christians. In fact, I've got I've got numerous books in my library. Russia's doom prophesied. The original book that Ray Comfort did back in 91 was called Russia Will Attack Israel. Then then I've got a book um, that was published in 1940, When God's Armies Meet the Almighty, Mm. an exposition of Ezekiel 38 and 39, Mm. the coming Russian invasion of America, coming Uh coming the end, uh, the coming Russian – it just goes on. I got a whole whole stack of them. In fact, I have a long playing record. That Jack Van Empey did back in the 1970s <laughs> uh, um, on on all of this. Yeah, and and if you look at if you look at um, the late great planet Earth, which came out in 19, 1970, uh, there's a chapter in there called Russia is agog, hmm. and it's and it's all based on Ezekiel 38 and 39. Well, Ray Comfort did this talk in 1991, and then he it was part of this book uh, that that he published, which is much more detailed, but it's still not still is pretty bad um and somebody put it back up again put the audio up on his website a a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh you and i are talking on what is it uh, june 25th 2019 yeah and i I was kind of shocked by that because a number a couple years ago i had a um i wrote an article somewhat critical of of ray comfort's exposition of the olivet discourse and he actually called me um, and we talked for a little while, and he told me, he said, you know, Gary, I guess I don't know much about Bible prophecy, and I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Well, that didn't stop him because he went on and talked about the days of Noah and did this big thing, did uh, a, a video on days of Noah. Yeah. But but there are a lot of Christians today who still teach this idea that Ezekiel 38 and 39 uh, refers to uh, modern-day Russia. Uh, and they they do this by by claiming that it talks about this country from the north and like if you look at Israel on the map, mm-hmm. um, almost everything's in the north. Uh, you want to get into Europe by land, you're going to go north. If you're going to go uh, to Russia, you're going to go north, and then you're going to go east. I mean, everything is north. Uh, but one of the big things they used in order to try to make this claim is that there's a Hebrew word rosh that's used in Ezekiel. 38, uh, Ezekiel 38, 2 and 3, and I think Ezekiel 39, 1. And, they, and, and most translations translate it as the chief prince, the chief prince of Meshach, because the Hebrew word rosh means head or, or, or chief. Uh, uh, the, the prime minister of Israel is the rosh of, of, of Israel. Um, we have rosh Hashanah, the highest holy days. Mm-hmm. That the word is used almost 700 times in the Old Testament, but they turned it into a proper name. Yeah, they say Rosh refers to Russia, um, and but if you, if you, if you remember, these are people who interpret, yeah. claim to interpret the Bible literally. And if you read Ezekiel 
39. Yeah. You'll see it's fought. People are fighting on their horseback. They claim that's horsepower. They have bows and arrows. They say that's missile launchers and mm. missiles. They use shields. Yeah. Uh, they have uh, chariots, and that's uh, that's of course uh, yeah. mechanized vehicles. I mean, mm. it's it's crazy, but it's still being touted today yeah. as a prophecy that's yet to be fulfilled. Uh, well, well, it sells a lot of books anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, just the fact that I've got a stack of them here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, But I, I see it all the time online. In fact, on Facebook today, someone had mentioned that Ezekiel 38 and 39 had mentioned my book that I, I wrote on it uh, uh, called The Gog and Magog End Time Alliance, where I give an exposition of Ezekiel 38 and 39. And, mm. and he, he maintained that this isn't, you know, this hasn't been fulfilled yet. And I said, right. I wrote back... And I said, "Well, you're, you've got you've got a passage that you know, talks about those ancient weapons, uh, but there's an in- interesting pat. There's an interesting verse in, in Ezekiel chapter 38. I think it's it, it, it may be verse 11 or 13. But the, what this northern invasion is looking for uh, is uh, gold, silver, cattle, and goods." Those are the four things that this invading army is after. Uh, and if you go to Ezra chapter 1, verse 4, uh, and now the books of Ezra and Nehemiah and Esther all take place during the time of um, the, the northern uh, uh, abandonment of Israel's abandoned to the, the north, and this is under the Persian, Medo-Persian Empire and so forth. But when they come back, when they come back to the to the land after both captivities, um, what they bring back with them, according to Ezra chapter one verse four, are guess what? Silver, gold, cattle, and goods. Those are the four things that they bring back with them, kind of like the spoils. And what this invading army is looking for are those same four things, mm-hmm. uh, which places that particular prophecy within. That era. This is not a prophecy that's that's about something that's going to happen twenty six hundred years in the future. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a little site eschatology. <laughs> we yeah. won't charge any extra for that. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you don't charge us. Um, <laughs> yeah, just for for those who want to go back and listen to to our last episode with Gary Demar on the Olivet Discourse, please uh, listen to episode number ten. So, and that's from his book Ru- Wars and Rumors of Wars. But we definitely have to have you back on a program f- to talk about mm. specifically prophecy. Yeah. That would. That, that would be great. Um, and yeah, I just want to point people out to go check out Gary DeMar's work. Uh, American Vision has been very helpful, not only with just eschatology, but as well as American history. history. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to be to be uh, talking about today. So, all right, Gary. So here, here, here's, a, here's a, 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 an objection that I have for you from, from America United. So America United on their page uh, titled Answering the Question, uh, they, they said this. Uh, or they're asking the question this, is American, is America a Christian nation? Um, and uh, they, they, they ask this question, is, is this view accurate? Is there anything in the Constitution that gives special treatment or preference to Christianity? Did the founders of our government believe this or intend to create a government that allowed special recognition to Christianity? Their answer, 
Uh, quote, the answer to all these questions is no. The United the U.S. Constitution is a wholly secular document. It contains no mention of Christianity or Jesus Christ. In fact, the Constitution rever- refers to religion only twice. Uh, what is your response to that? Well, to the question of what is America, was America founded as a Christian nation? And all of this comes down to definitions. Uh, and you also have to understand something about the the federal constitution you know the, the united states constitution is a very small document uh our 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 politicians today and in, in the courts have just completely overridden what the constitution was designed to do the constitution we have to remember that the constitution was designed and implemented and empowered by the colonies which today were states so there were 13 states. They created the national government. They created the United States Constitution. And at the time of the drafting of the, of the United States Constitution, every state constitution was 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 specifically theistic, and, and nearly all of them were Christian. In fact, North Carolina at the time, you could not you could not hold office in. Uh, the state of North Carolina, unless you believed in the inspiration of both the Old and New Testaments. So that means if you were a public official in North Carolina, uh, you you could not run for office. Uh, and there were other state constitutions were very similar. Probably the only one that you know didn't hold that type of position was Rhode Island. Uh, but those state constitutions wanted to keep their view of Christianity, and it was Christianity. There wasn't any other religion. Uh, that was codified in the state constitutions. Uh, that's that's a fact. And uh, Americans United for Separation of Church and State, uh, and I've dealt with them in in a, in a number of books. In fact, in the preamp to the forward uh, to a book that we republished called "The United States a Christian Nation" uh, by David Brewer, um, I have a forward in there where I deal with some of the arguments of the United United Separation between Church and State, Americans United, and. So the the federal constitution was designed for for a very specific reason, and one of the and one of the things that was maintained is that if you look at the ninth and tenth amendments, if the federal government doesn't mention a particular uh, empowerment at the federal level, those those powers reside with the states. Now, that's the basis of the Ninth and Tenth Amendments, and what the what the what the state governments did not want to do was to give to uh, empower the federal government to dictate what sort of religion would take place among the thirteen states, hmm. because some states were congregational, some were kind of had an Episcopal bent to them, uh, some of them were kind of congregational. So the the states did not want the federal government. Uh, to dictate uh, what would be re- what would be religious, what would what would be the doctrines? We got Baptists and Presbyterians and Anglicans. Okay, which of these would the federal government uh, specify? And so that's and so the the federal government, the, the federal constitution did not have the first ten amendments to the constitution. So the the states were so insistent that the federal government stay out of religion and press and assembly, uh, et cetera, is they wanted some additional amendments. And that was the First Amendment. And the First Amendment reads this, and this is, doesn't say anything about a separation between church and state. First Amendment is very clear, and it's very clear in the very first word, Congress. 
Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. And then you had freedom of the press, freedom of speech, um, uh, freedom of assembly, and the right to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So the whole issue of religion was left to the states. If a state wanted to have um, laws and uh, specifications for who could run for political office, if they wanted to have a religious test, they could do that. And now at the federal level, you couldn't have a religious test. But at the state levels, you could. And the states wanted to keep that. Hmm. Uh, So it's, you know, when you put this whole thing in historical context, you come up with a different approach in what the Americans United for Separation of Church and State are saying. Um, so that puts that in, in perspective. Now, for my own uh, my own part, I wish the national government had been more specific in its in its comments uh, about religion. But the, the, the individual states seem to have been satisfied uh, because the federal government was very limited. The, the federal government was a, a document of... Um, uh, well, the Constitution was a document of, of enumerated powers. Only yeah. those powers actually invested in the Constitution itself uh, does the federal government have those powers. That doesn't mean anything anymore. No one pays any attention to that. And that's why we're really in this issue over religion and all kinds of other things, because the, uh, neither the courts nor Congress actually stick with the wording of the Constitution. And so I, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of a um, maybe someone who's who's listening to all of this, because I, 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 I'm pretty sure you'll get this objection that what Christians want is to establish a theocracy. Is there any sort of truth to that in in what in, in our conversation here today, and just claiming that yes, Christ, uh, the America is a Christian nation? Well, a couple a couple of other things you have to keep in mind. One of the Americans United for Separation of Church and State say there's nothing. Christian in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just not true. And uh, for example, the, the President of the United States has 10 days in which to sign a bill. Uh, he can either, they, the word veto isn't there, but if, if, he, if he sends it back to Congress, then Congress has to redo it and they have to come up with a higher number of, higher number of votes to override what we call today a veto. So, but the, and the President has 10 days in order to make that decision. But it's interesting that it says Sundays accepted, hmm. which means that the the president actually has 11 days because you don't count Sunday. Yeah. Now, why put that in there? Because the, the, the uh, Old Testament Sabbath was on Saturday. So that, that's a specific reference to, to Christianity. Uh, it's also, if you go down to the very bottom of the Constitution, right above where George Washington signed his name, it says, done in the year of our Lord, 1,787. Hmm. Now, if, again, now they'll say, oh, that was that was traditional for the time and so forth and so on. I'm saying, well, wait a minute. You guys are telling me that the purpose of the, of the Constitution was to keep it a purely secular document. And yet here we have, we have Sundays mentioned in there as a day of rest for the president when it comes to political work. And it says done in the year of our Lord, 1787. Why do that? Why didn't they just do what the French revolution revolution, uh, revolutionaries did and start with a new year one? That's what the French did. Hmm. When they had their declaration of the rights of man, they started with a brand new year one. They got rid of the the uh, the seven day week, the, the Christian week, and they came up with a 10 day 10 day week. Hmm. 
And we didn't do that. We kept the seven-day week. We kept the, the, the dating done in the year of our Lord. They could have just said this was done in one thousand you know, in, in 1980, uh, 1787, but they didn't do that. They said, this is done in the year of our Lord. Uh, so those little things count because people like uh, the Americans United for Separation of Church and State claim that it was a purely secular document. And, if it, and in fact, it also references the Declaration of Independence mm-hmm. in, the, in, that, in that closing statement. And then, of course, we know that in the Declaration of Independence, while it's not specifically Christian, it's certainly theistic, where and it's not deistic because God is is described in there as the judge, the judge of the of, of the universe. Yeah, um, and and he's and he's active. He's an active judge as well. So you put all those things together. Look, the Constitution isn't a a perfect document, uh, but it was never designed to keep uh, religion and, and specifically the Christian religion out of. Um, out of government. Hmm. Uh, the, the founders, like the Bible itself, believed in a jurisdictional separation between church and state. Uh, that, that wasn't the issue of, of the Constitution. Uh, the idea of a separation between church and state jurisdictionally meant that the church had its domain and the civil magistrates had their domain and never the twain shall meet in the sense of the, the state coming in and uh, you know, governing the church and its ecclesiastical means, and the same thing with the church. You can't have elders going into the civil magistrate and hey, there's somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus, and they need to be ostracized and so forth and so on. They need to be excommunicated. That isn't the realm of the civil government. So jurisdictionally, there is a separation between church and state. Now, under the issue of theocracy, uh, look, every government is a theocracy, hmm. uh, and, we, and we need to say that every government yeah. is a theocracy. The final the, the 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 final court of appeal is religious it is it's where you put your highest power in the united states if you take if you take the god of the bible out something else steps in and becomes theocratic you got five justices five unelected justices of the supreme court who maintain that this is the law it's okay to kill unborn babies it's okay for men and women uh, uh for men to marry men and women to marry women uh, and uh that is a that's a theocratic that's a theocratic st- statement. We we are in fact the law, uh, and so this idea that religion uh, somehow uh, only Christianity is theocratic is just plain nonsense. Every government is theocratic. Hmm. That's great. That's that, that's a very very good point. Everybody has a god. Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah. yeah. I don't care who, even atheists. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, a- atheists. They. If you ever go to an atheist and you said, uh, "Do you believe in God?" And they'll say, well, no, I don't believe in God. That's a faith statement. Right. Uh, to Can you prove absolutely that God doesn't exist? Well, no. So you have faith that God doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. uh, every, everybody everybody has, a, has a faith. Yeah. Uh, every, every, every law is an imposition of someone's view of morality, and sure. there's always a final court of appeal. Yeah, amen. There's amen. a grand says who eventually. Yes, um, that's right. Can you, uh, Gary, can, you mentioned uh, North Carolina already a little bit and, and the language that they have in their state constitution. Can you talk a little bit about some of the other states, maybe, and some of the lang- the theistic-type language that they have in their constitutions? Let me see if I can, f- let me see if I can find some of these things here. Okay. Um, but let me just tell you this. Uh, every state constitution 
every state constitution. There are no exceptions to this. Today, every state constitution has um, uh, theism, uh, the, some mention of God, the uh, almighty God hmm. uh, uh, in why this thing is. I'll tell you, I've got more problems with my computer today. Um, <laughs> you're good. No, you're good. Take your time. Um, every every state constitution uh, has some mention of, of, of a higher authority. And so and you have people who, who say, oh, well, I'm going to take I'm going to take my the my oath, not on the Bible, but I'm going to take it on the Constitution itself. Hmm. And, and 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 they're also going to they're also going to take uh, uh, and they uh, I think I think it was the one who was new senator came in in Arizona and she was going to take uh, the oath of office, I think, on the United States Constitution and the the, uh, the the state constitution well arizona state state constitution uh is you know is theistic so sure. it's you, you you can't escape let me i've got a couple up here let me see if i can find these here yeah um here's delaware a delaware constitution established the christian religion while not elevating one religious sect in the state in preference to another see that's mm. see that was the, yeah. that was the big issue with the federal constitution they sure. did not want the federal government coming in and maintaining uh you know this is going to be the the basic religious basis of america uh say every person who shall be chosen a member of either house or appointed to any office or place of trust before taking his seat or entering upon the execution of his office shall take the following oath or affirmation uh, I so and so will bear true allegiance to the Delaware state, submit to its constitution and laws, and do not and uh, do not act willingly, whereby the freedom whereof thereof may be prejudiced. And it goes on to say, I, whoever, do profess faith in God the Father and in Jesus Christ His only Son, and in the Holy Ghost, one God, blessed forevermore. And I do acknowledge the holy scriptures of the Old and New Testament. Wow. To be given by divine inspiration. Wow, that's, uh, that's the Delaware Constitution. That's, that's Delaware's. That was Delaware's Constitution, uh, Article Twenty Nine. There shall be no establishment of any one religious sect in this state in preference to another, and no clergyman or preacher of the gospel of any denomination shall be capable capable of holding any civil civil office uh, once in this state or of being a member of either of the branches of the legislature while they continue in the exercise of the pastoral function, hmm. which means this is this jurisdictional separation. You couldn't hold dual offices. You couldn't be a gospel preacher of the gospel of any denomination and at the same time uh, run for a uh, hold a, a political office in the state. Hmm. Um, let's see. There's let's see, let me give you a couple of other here. Um, Let's see, Maryland. Uh, Maryland was kind of started out as a Roman Catholic, uh, but its uh, its constitution, uh, Article Thirty Three of seventeen seventy six, declared all person all persons professing the Christian religion are equally entitled to protect protection in their religious liberty. Uh, wherefore, no person ought to ought by any law to be molested in his person or his state on account of his religious persuasion or profession or for his religious practice, unless under color of religion any man shall disturb the good order 
peace and safety of the state. Hmm. Um, first, the New England states were, were pretty clear on this. This is North Carolina, I mentioned. Um, and by the way, uh, th- these religious uh, uh, provisions in these constitutions, uh, North Carolina's, I think it changed. Uh, see, this provision remained in force until 1835 when it was remended by changing the word Protestant to Christian and as to amend, uh, rem- uh, amended remain in force until the Constitution of 1868, where North Carolina is described as a Christian state. Now, this is important. This hmm. is 1868. The federal Constitution was drafted in 1787. It was finally ratified in 1791 after the acceptance of the Bill of Rights, uh, the first 10 amendments, which means at least up until 1868, no one saw any problem with a, um, uh, a a break in trust with the Constitution and the First Amendment if the following was in North Carolina's Constitution, which had this provision, 1869, says, we, the people of the state of North Carolina, grateful to Almighty God, the sovereign ruler of nations, for the preservation of the American Union and the existence of our civil, political, and religious liberties. Wow. Uh, acknowledging our dependence upon him, uh, you know, et, et cetera. Uh, so you have these, you had these provisions, uh, you know, in, in, in these states for a very, very long time. It's only been in the, in the 20th century that there has been a, an issue, uh, with, uh, with this, this, this you know, what's going on in states. You hear you got, mm-hmm. you know, public schools, uh, where somebody, uh, has some reference to religion and the Americans United for separation of church and state come in and say, this is unconstitutional and, and so, so forth. And so they have to take it down. Well, that is, that is two problems, unhistorical and unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in the constant <clears throat> constitution because the federal government, the federal, um, constitution doesn't even use the word education. The federal constitution has no authority over education. Uh, we didn't have a federal department of education until yeah, uh, we didn't. Ni- ni- 1979. Yeah. <laughs> and the Supreme Court, of course, ruled in 62 and 63 on uh, prayer and Bible reading in, in the public schools. But the federal government, did, according to the con- to the Constitution, federal go- government didn't have any jurisdiction over the states regarding religion. They didn't have it. Mm-hmm. If you If you didn't like what your state was doing, that was the idea. We had a federal system. You could go to another state. Or you could change the laws within your state yourself. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it seems like just government has been growing and getting bigger. Well, yeah. 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 And uh, uh, it's, it's it's interesting how forward uh, the the Constitution is. Is that it doesn't it doesn't even use the word uh, men or women. You you will not find those words in the Constitution. That uh, it, it just didn't make those kinds of distinctions. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not a perfect document, but it was very, very forward thinking. That's why yeah. it still works so well today. Yeah. And and I would like for you to talk about our founding fathers, because growing up in the public school system, I was always thought that, you know, our founding fathers were atheists or deists. But um, were they Christian? And also, too, this is the second question, in just the writing of law in the United States, um, where were they appealing to? Well, that's kind of a mixed bag too, because okay. you have a n- number of founders who were specifically Christian, uh, and not all founders were. Well, we, you know, were were involved in the Constitution itself. 
you have some founders who were probably deists, but they were probably very inconsistent in their deism. I mean, Benjamin Franklin, uh, a lot of people say, well, he was a deist. Uh, the, the the problem with that, uh, he was the one that stood up at the Constitutional Convention and called for prayer and talked about God governs in the affairs of men, and wow. et cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh, Thomas Jefferson was probably closest to a, to a deist as, as, as anyone. Uh, he was not a Christian. Uh, he he was not Trinitarian. He didn't and so forth. Uh, he liked the morals of the Bible. If you take the, find his Jefferson Bible, he cut out all the miraculous. Yeah. Uh, but he, <laughs> and he, he, he was considered to be an, a, an atheist. So if you weren't a Christian, you were essentially an atheist. Uh, uh, Thomas Paine is another one that they, they say was an atheist. He was not. It, it's, his book, Com, uh, Common Sense, uh, a number of allusions to the to the Bible in there, uh, uh, render under Caesar things that are Caesar's, First Samuel chapter eight. Uh, he used he used that in his defense uh, for the colonies uh, to reject the authoritarian government of of, of Great Britain. Uh, so he if if he if he hadn't used those types of arguments, I, I, I it's pretty clear that the colonists uh, would not have accepted his his work. Because he, not only did he make uh, historical and logical arguments, but he made biblical arguments uh, in in defense of mm-hmm. what he was saying that the colonists should do. Wow. Should do. Yeah. But you've got John Jay, who was the first um, uh, a Supreme Court uh, uh, the head head justice of the Supreme Court. Uh, he was he was a, uh, a dedicated dedicated Christian, uh, and you had you had others uh, who were who were Christians as well. You even had. Uh, uh, John Adams, who was not necessarily a Christian, although his son John Quincy Adams certainly certainly was, so it was it was a mixed bag. Uh, and you had some Enlightenment principles uh, going on. I mean, the fact that uh, uh, the there are the the names that were used and the architecture. There's some Roman esque uh, type allusions there, uh, but the basic fundamentals of law came uh, from from the Bible and what we would call today natural law. Uh, but it was hard to separate natural law from biblical law uh, because natural law in those days was more of a reflection of what biblical law was. It was kind of the, the analogy would be the same thing without the sun. The, the, the moon doesn't have any light. Without the Bible, natural law doesn't work. Hmm. So it, it even seems like even if you were truly deist or atheist there was still some sort of respect in 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 a in a granting of the necessity of having a religion um over a nation am i correct oh oh there's there is no doubt i mean you you can't get away from the documentation the documentation for christianity the documentation for uh uh in in proclamations it calls for for days of prayer and fasting uh and 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 some of them they're they are specifically christian uh in 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 their statements uh and no one saw this at the national level as being a violation of the separation between church and state here here you have the uh, the constitutional convention uh and you have the arguments regarding the the bill of rights remember 1787 they drafted it's sent to the colonies the colonies uh, or this, this time states, the states say, no, it's not good enough. We want to send it back with these additions. 
And one of the additions, again, was the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Well, the the odd thing is, on that, af- right after that takes place, right after they, they uh, have the First Amendment that says what it says, there is a call from, from the, the convention that a day of prayer and fasting be appointed for this purpose, to thank God hmm. for giving them the opportunity to peaceably assemble so they, they could draft this constitution. Hmm. Wow. So Amer- yeah, Americans United for Separation Church and State would have you believe that they want to secularize everything and that the, Constitu- and the First Amendment is the thing that does that. And then they turn right around and thank God for, for giving them uh, the opportunity to do this so they could exclude him from government. Thank thank you, God, for exclude so we can exclude you <laughs> yeah. from anything to do with government. It's yeah. it's just the most illogical and, and just plain dumb thing. Yeah. Uh, so you have those little things. We had, you know, uh, chaplains. They they elected I don't I don't know if they got paid or not, I can't I can't remember. But they had they had chaplains yeah. for both the for the Senate and the House. Why do that? They had religious services in churches, but political uh, related to the uh, the government itself and the Constitution. They, they they took place in in churches. Uh, they had religious services afterwards ab- about all this. Uh. Uh, so, and they there was no there was no um, this was n- nothing like what happened with the French revolutionists, uh, who again changed the calendar. And started a new year one, and then uh, uh, took a, an actress. I don't know if she was a prostitute, but she was an actress, and dressed her up in Roman garb, and um, marched her through the streets to the Cathedral of Notre Dame, and de- and declared uh, her to be the new goddess Reason. Wow! Uh, the, the, they they were self conscious about what they were doing. And there's also the, the side of what happened next. Of course, the French had their bloody revolution, literally bloody revolution. We have a we had a revolutionary war, but we didn't have reprisals uh, like like the French did. Um, so th- this this idea, Americans United, is ba- is basing their views on 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 ignorance, um, ignorance of the general population because they haven't been taught these things, and unfortunately, churches don't teach these things because most pastors don't know this stuff anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do we as Christians go about applying that principle, uh, especially, well, Americans, but, but uh, specifically Christian Americans, how do we go about applying that principle of, of uh, you know, this, what we hear so often as being the separation of church and state in a proper way, in a proper perspective, in the way that it was intended by our founding yeah. fathers? I, I think, uh, look, the, the, the Bible deals with, with the jurisdictional separation between church and state. It's, it's, it's all over the Bible. Mm-hmm. And uh, all pastors have to do is just go through the Bible and find those jurisdictional separations. You sure. Moses, who was the judicial officer, remember Exodus chapter 18, mm. um, you, you have Jethro going to Moses, and he was, he was operating as the chief judicial officer uh, and Jethro gave him some advice about decentralization. Hmm, sure. uh, and so then you had um, uh, his brother, who's, who am I talking about? Uh, Levi, is it Levi? Uh, uh, Aaron, you mean? Aaron, yeah. Aaron, yeah. yeah you, have, you, have, you have Aaron, the high priest, and the, the Levites 
are the un, you know the under priests, if you will. Uh, they had they had specifically ecclesiastical rule ru- ru- uh, roles to play. Sure, where Moses and the elders of Israel had a civil uh, role to play, mm. uh, and those offices were were kept jurisdictionally separate, even though both of them found within God's word laws applicable to the civil jurisdiction mm-hmm. and applicable to the ecclesiastical jurisdiction. Hmm. Same word, but different applications sure. of God's word related to their different jurisdictions. And then you have times where there are uh, people, uh, people, the civil magistrate violates that jurisdictional separation. Saul, for an example, and King Uzziah. Remember King Uzziah who offers incense, goes into the temple and does a priestly job. Oh, yeah. And the, and the priests confront him. And remember, the, the, at this point, the civil magistrate has the power of the sword, could have killed him. And, uh, but God struck him with leprosy. So he, he, was, he was cast out. He was cast out of the nation because of leprosy. It was a simple thing, uh, just a simple violation of the jurisdictional separation by offering incense, uh, but it was serious enough because it would have implications down the road for, you know, someone else who wanted to do something even further. Sure. So, okay, so on the AU website, this is, remember, this is the dagger in the heart here. After everything we've talked about, uh, there was a certain U.S. treaty, treaty and uh, in it, it said, quote, the government of the United States is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion. That's a U.S. treaty. So that was yeah. I found that on the AU website, and I was like, I have to shoot this at Gary Demar. Um, uh, is, is is it misunderstood, taken out of context, or is this truly the uh, the dagger to the heart to all of our argumentation? Uh, it's it's taken out of context. It's kind of like taking the uh, the where the old Old Testament says uh, uh, there is no God, uh, but it, the, the whole it says um, the the fool says in his heart there there is no God. Uh, if you read if Okay, that treaty was oftentimes they'll say this was George Washington said the following. Uh, it was put together in uh, during Washington's administration, but it was signed into law uh, during John Adams' administration. This is 1797. And the reason that that treaty was necessary was because the Muslims, you know, we think we you know we have an Islamic problem today. We've always had an Islamic problem. Uh, the Marine Hymn, you know, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. And if you study Tripoli during the, the um, 18th century, that the they were pirates and they were actually commandeering ships and they were taking off Christians and, and t- turning them into slaves. Uh, this was going on. They were kidnapping Christians and turning them into slaves. And so we had no army. We had no navy. And we didn't have what we took the Marines. Uh, we were a very, very young nation, so we we came up with this treaty. But the rest of that line, let me see if I can I can I can find this real 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 quick. But there's a sure. there's a statement that that follows that. Um, let's see here. Okay, Treaty of Tripoli. Let's see. Let just tell you this. Uh, you know who Christopher Hitchens is or was? Yes. Uh, okay, he was a of course a anti uh, theist. Uh, and uh, he even said, what I'm going to tell you, Christopher Hitchens came to the same conclusion. Uh, because here's, here's what it says. Um, the rest of that line is, it goes like this. 
that it has in itself no character of enmity against the laws, religion, or tranquility of Muslimen. That was the way they described uh, the, the, the Muslims of that of that area. They called them Muslimen. I don't know why. Uh, so the rest of the, the that line, it's it's the United States is not founded founded on the Christian religion. In that, it has in itself no character of enmity against the laws religion or tranquility of Muslimen. And I think what was going on here is, is that the Muslim nation understood the United States to be a Christian nation based upon its state constitutions. Hmm. And so what we were assuring them that we would not use our religion like they use their religion. They didn't say it like that, but they the, what the United States was saying, we will not impose our religion on you and uh, or any character of enmity against the laws religion or tranquility of this muslim confederation that's what that that's what that was why it was put in there americans united for separation of church and state and almost everyone else leaves out that particular phrase they do because because it's descriptive of what no sense founded upon the christian religion now what's interesting about this is there was another treaty in 1805 and that line is completely out of there it's not in there at all hmm. and again uh, why why would they do that because they had more bargaining uh, powers by 1805 than they did in 18 uh, in, in 1787 right. let me see if i can find this treaty of um Let's see, yeah, the government of the United States of America has in itself no character of enmity against the laws, religion, or tranquility of the Muslims. And that, but that, that line is no longer, is not in the 1805 treaty. And I have a little, I've written a little book on, on, on this, and I also have it in another, uh, ebook that I've done called Historical Revisionism. And, uh, and then if you go a little further on, there is a treaty that, that says the most holy and undivided uh, trinity huh. it says in the name of the most holy and undivided trinity that having pleased the divine providence to dispose the hearts of the most serene and most uh, potent prince george the third by the grace of god king of great britain and the treaty was signed by john adams the same under the same um uh, presidency that the treaty of tripoli was done um and Benjamin Franklin and John Jay. John Jay was a dedicated Christian. So you got John Adams, yeah. who was a theist. Benjamin Franklin was a theist, and John Adams was it was a uh, Christian. And um, so, so then you have that one, and that was in uh, uh, 1783, and that was actually before the Treaty of Tripoli. In 1822, the United States, along with Great Britain and Ireland, ratified a convention for indemnity under the award of Emperor of Russia as to the true construction of the first article of the treaty. And it begins with the same words found in the preamble to the 1783 treaty in the name of the most holy and indivisible Trinity. Hmm. So only, only Christianity teaches a Trinitarian yeah. view yeah. of God. Yeah. The yeah. 1848 treaty with Mexico begins with in the name of Almighty God. The treaty also states that both countries are under the protection of Almighty God, the author of peace. Wow. So, hmm. you know, every, you know, there's, I always tell people that, look, you have to be honest with history. Yeah, you do. Not, you know, not every, not everything was done for the most noblest reasons. Many of them were done practically. 
Uh, I think the tr- first Treaty of Tripoli of 1797 was designed to mollify the, the the Muslims who were, you know, kidnapping and and selling uh, these kidnapped victims into slavery. Uh, before that, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams dealt with the with the Muslims. Uh, the United States had to pay enormous amounts of money and bribes to them so that they wouldn't attack. But by the by the beginning of the 19th century, that all changed because the military might of uh, the United States changed dramatically. Yeah, yeah. It just sounds like such a double standard. Like, they're definitely not being honest. I mean, how could you take that one little quote and then, pair, like, just compare it to this massive amount of just oh, yeah. historical yeah. facts? I mean, just to... Right. Just to object, no, uh, Christianity isn't, I mean, uh, America isn't a Christian nation. It's just so easy, again, to take stuff out of context. Yeah. And pull out one little statement, like is done so often in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a book that was, I mentioned David Brewer's book, The United States, a Christian Nation. Uh, He was um, a Supreme Court justice. He was the one that uh, presided over the Holy Trinity uh, Church Mm -hmm. case, and he wrote a book in 1905 called The United States, a Christian Nation. Um, and uh, remember, this is a Supreme Court justice. Wow. American American Vision reprinted it some time ago. I think it's still on American Vision's site, AmericanVision.org. Hmm. And, and he, here's just some of what he said. This republic is classified among the Christian nations of the world. Hmm. Uh, in, the, in the case of Holy Trinity Church, that court, after mentioning various uh, circumstances, add... These and many other matters, which might be noticed, add a volume of unofficial declarations to the mass of organic utterances that this is a Christian nation. And he goes on, he says, we constantly speak of this republic as a Christian nation. In fact, as the leading Christian nation in the world, this popular use of the term certainly has significance. It is not a mere creation of the imagination. It is not a term of derision but as a substantial uh, basis, one which justifies its use. He goes on, um, yeah. he, sa- he says, you will notice that I have presented no doubtful facts. Nothing has been stated which is debatable. The quotations from charters are in the archives of the several states. The laws are on the statute books. Judicial opinions are taken from the official reports, statistics from the census publications. In short, no evidence has been presented which is open to question. I could show how largely our laws and customs are based upon the laws of Moses hmm. and the teachings of Christ, how constantly the Bible is appealed to as the guide of life and the authority of in questions of morals. So, wow. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what you do with all of this stuff, but uh, I mean, I, this is, uh, I've been following this particular debate for a yeah. very, very long time. And again, you can find things on one side and you find things on the other side, but the preponderance of evidence supports the claim that Christianity was the was the basis of our law structure and our understanding of human nature and 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 the rest of it and as mm. brewer says it's you can find it in all kinds of documents all over the place well gary as we always like to end the program we always um like to allow our guests to share the gospel. We understand that it's not talking about American history that's going to bring people to saving faith, but the proclamation of the gospel. So uh, if you would please do that, um, the floor is yours. Well, you know, uh, new heart, new mind, you know, comes by uh, by uh, uh, you know, a new life, a new birth, and that only comes through the regenerating work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you begin to see things you've never seen before. You begin to understand uh, our own sinfulness and how before God, before the judgment seat of God, 
um, we we don't have a chance. And so Jesus, as our as our substitute, paid the paid the penalty for our sins, uh, fulfilled God's justice in His death and and resurrection and ascension. Uh, we're new creatures in Christ. Uh, this happened to me when uh, I was in my senior year of college in 1973 completely transformed my life. All the things that I've been talking about today, I knew nothing. I knew none of this stuff Hmm. uh, back in in 1973. And so God has taken me a very, very long way and changed me in ways that uh, uh, people had known me before. Uh, It's just, it's uh, been a a marvelous uh, transformation that's taken place in my life. Amen, amen. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Gary DeMar. I want to recommend everybody to go read his book, uh, America's Christian History, The Untold Story. Is there any other books from American Vision that you would recommend, brother? Well, on these topics, uh, if you go to the American Vision's website, and uh, there are some free free books on there. Uh, One is, uh, I think, Historical Revisionism. And the other one is the case for America's Christian heritage. The case for America's Christian heritage. I think if you give your um, uh, email address, uh, you can get a free download of that. If not, it's very inexpensive. It's a 200-some page book. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything I talked about today is in this in in this book. It's fully illustrated. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. It's a PDF. Uh, it's you can pass it around to friends. It's a it's a great introduction to all this. And of course, any. Anything related to eschatology, wars and rumors of wars, mm. last days madness, is Jesus coming soon? So great AmericanVision.org, AmericanVision.org. Awesome. Great, great homeschool resources as well, especially yeah, for God and, uh, Yeah, God and Government. History. I wrote a, a series of books, uh, God and Government, that's used kind of as a s- civics book with a biblical uh, 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 foundation. Uh, sure. And it's single volume now, but it, was, it originally came out in three volumes. So all kinds of stuff on there. We're putting more and more stuff up every week. Yeah. Our post-millennialism is showing. <laughs> That's, good. That's good. It is, it is, it is. All right, well, thank you so much, Gary DeMar. we got to have you back on again. Hopefully, we, we won't be too long until I send you an email. All right. All right. Okay, thanks. Thank you All so right. much, Gary. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. it. Bye-bye. See you, brother. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, that wraps up this edition of Bridge Radio. Please uh, like, subscribe, share with your mom, your dad, your brothers, sisters, your cats and dogs, as they always say. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. We just want to point people out to our website. If you want to know more information about us or get more information about us, it's www.bridgemanlaredo.org. Uh, you could click around. Bridge Radio is up there, expository sermon series. You could register for Bible studies. And uh, also, we just want to ask that you would prayerfully consider uh, supporting us, even if it's on a monthly uh, basis or even a one-time gift, because this really allows us to continue what we do here, not only uh, for Bridge Radio, Radio, but as well as just um, sharing the gospel out into the nations, having conferences, um, Bible studies here, and, and and as we've mentioned on this podcast, we are looking into a new facility. Facility, so that would um, that would be a support towards towards that end. Um, so anyway, guys, um, as I always end the program with uh, one question: What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior. Jesus Christ, and we will see you on the next one. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.